When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to ADZ Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We live on YouTube, we live on Facebook, and of course, I am your host, Will. Skywalker still. What's up, Bomb Squad? Coming up today, I wanted to switch it up a little bit. A couple weeks out from the draft, we're getting a lot of whispers about who the Cowboys are interested in. We got the 30 visit. We got free agency. So we're starting to know who may be on the hot seat heading into the draft. I got three names for you. Three names that the Cowboys players should be feeling the heat. And we're going to have some fun with it. A little bit of a teaser. You can see I'm wearing it right now. We're going to have some fun with it. We're going to rate their hot seat ratings or what have you from mild to shut the cluck up. But what's up with y'all, Bomb Squad? I appreciate y'all for being here. Bomb Squad! We also obviously have the roundup. And again, not much news, but Mel Kuyper dropped his latest uh, mock draft. And I don't really too much care about the first pick. We've kind of talked about that pick before. But that second round pick, man, I, I do want to I do want to touch on that second round pick and, and see where you guys, how you guys are feeling about that potentially being being a player for you, man. You know, so stick around for that, man. Good show today lined up. If you want to call in, you can three, five, one, nine, 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 three, seven, eight, seven is a call in line. If you can't find it, it is at the bottom. Would that be your guys? Right. Yeah. So it'd be at the bottom. Right. I believe. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Got a good show lined up for you, man. Uh, Danny said, who are we taking round two? Let's do it right now, man. Let's get into the roundup. I'll tell you. It's time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. So Mel Kuyper and we did McShay last week. We'll do Mel Kuyper this week. Mel Kuyper dropped his, well, I don't know, mock draft 4.0. These guys do a ton of mock drafts. And the first round pick is the same first round pick from last week for Todd McShay, and that is Michael Mayer. Now, we've had this conversation a ton over the last couple weeks. We did it yesterday extensively. Great conversation, y'all, by the way. Appreciate my guy Foots for coming through. Uh, But it's not really Mayer I want to discuss because Mayer, we've had that that discussion at length. Tight end is a discussion at length. But Jonathan Mango... I like this guy. I, I like this player. I, I don't know. I mean, I know he's shooting up draft boards in regards to 
mock drafts in the second round. Didn't really start there. I, I don't know if that might be too high, but I actually like the player and I like the fit for this team. Um, clearly, we don't know who's on the board or whatnot. But Jonathan Mingo, man, wide receiver out of Ole Miss last year at 51 receptions, 860 yards, six total touchdowns. Look, I think he fits the bill of a prototypical McCarthy wide receiver. Now, I know they're looking into smaller guys, but from a historical standpoint, McCarthy likes these guys. 6'2", 220. Uh, the Cowboys like these guys as well. Plays the X, but but he but he's in the slot a lot. But but he but he can be an X guy for you if he's here, in my opinion. So I think that'd be more of a Michael Gallup competition for later on. But but here's the thing with John Domingo, um, explosive fist that explosive trait. All the guys they've been bringing in have been guys that you look at for yak ability, and that's something that maybe he's one of the more underrated guys. You know, I don't think he's clean from a technical or route running standpoint, but. Boy, put the ball in his hands right away. And I feel like you can have some fun with him on this in this offense. So I think his style directly fits what we think is going to be a West Coast offense. So if his role was going to be kind of that possession guy, get it to him quick, allow him to make moves after the catch and, and, and get busy. And that's something that he can do at a high rate. So I think the floor is actually pretty high for Mingo in this offense. And honestly, I don't think I would be mad at this pick. And I always, I hate to use the word mad. It's going to be really hard for me to be mad in the first couple of rounds. But I, I like this. I mean, I mean, look, wide receiver is not a position the Cowboys are probably going to take in round one. But after that, you might have to put that in consideration. All depending how they feel about one Michael Gallup. Spoiler alert. I don't have Michael Gallup as one of the three guys on my list of hot seats. I don't. That could change. That could change after the draft. If they take a guy like a Mingo, if they take a QJ, if they take one of these possession, bigger wide receivers, we'll revisit this conversation. We did the same experiment last year after the draft, and a lot of those guys were actually on the hot seat. Some of them weren't here anymore. And some of them turned it up and they and they played well. So I like this Jonathan Mingo pick. I, I, I don't know about I don't know where he's slated from a round standpoint. But I'm just looking at his traits, looking at his ability, and looking at the fit. I like it. How would you guys feel about Jonathan Mingo? Let's try to ignore if we can. I know it's kind of hard. The first round pick, which is Michael Mayer, and kind of just look at Jonathan Mingo. Uh, but if we want to include Mayer, my, Meyer, <laughs> if we want to include Mayer, Kuyper is giving the Cowboys two weapons on offense. So he's going offense, offense to start the, the draft for the Cowboys. Look, if it's both offense, I'd much rather be O-line first than a guy like Mingo as opposed to tight end and Mingo. But uh, how would you guys feel about taking... A Jonathan Mingo. Dallas says, I like. How's his separation? I don't believe that's something that's his high trait from everything I'm reading about him. Um, but again, if we're talking about the West Coast offense, and that's why I said I think his style fits directly in the West Coast offense. 
if we're talking about possession guy, I feel like right now, as he's developing his route tree, as he's developing as a route runner, because if you go look at his history, if you go look at Ole Miss, he wasn't a guy that got a lot of targets, a lot of receptions early on. He just broke out last year. So I think he's still developing. Uh, this isn't a Jalen Tober situation where Tober got to South Alabama and he's just setting records. This is a, hey, he kind of came on the scene late and I think he's still developing. But West Coast offense, right? You're getting the ball into these guys' hands quick. You want to get the yak. You want to get bubble screens. You want to get, and I think the screen game is going to come back. Uh, you want to get quick slants. I think he can compete right there. And if you don't, if you don't push him on the line of scrimmage, if you don't press him on the line of scrimmage, I think he has the speed. What do he run? A 4-4-8 or something like that? Not blazing speed, but, but I think he has it. In fact, I look on the screen here. I see faster football speed if he's not contested. So he's this isn't an Amari Cooper route guy. This is not a route technician. This is a power player. Power player, 6'2", 220. Maybe that's something that he'll develop, but put the ball in his hands and let's boogie, man. Toxic said, why can't we get a, a wide receiver like Amari? Who said we can't? Is somebody saying the Cowboys can't get a wide receiver, receiver like Amari? I think Amari would have been an absolute beast in this in this offense. But um, we're just talking about Mingo. Uh, you know, Mingo's not a, an Amari Cooper wide receiver. If you're looking for that, that's more of the Addisons of the world, the uh, JSNs of the world, these guys who can route you up. Hell, Tank Dell's a fantastic route runner, too. He's not a body size like Amari Cooper, but Amari is he's a special route runner because he's big body as well. This isn't no this isn't a five foot seven little guy, you know, six two runs about what, two fifteen or something like that around there or a little over two hundred and he can route you up. So Amari's special, in my opinion, but I'll take a route technician all day. I'm just saying that's not what Mingo is. All right, so we got, I believe, our guy B from, from the Cocker Firm is coming through later on in about top of the hour. But before we get into that, let's talk about this hot seat real quick. So usually I do a Hattie B's hot take. I'm not going to do that today. We are going to do a hot seat. And of course, that hot seat is powered by Hattie B's hot chicken. Come on now. No conversation about the best Nashville style hot chicken is complete without a serious mention of Hattie B's hot chicken. Founded in 2012 in Nashville, they are known for their hot chicken. And now they have a new location in Dallas, Texas, down in Deep Ellum. Very, very nice uh, place that they have down there, by the way. You can check us out each month streaming live from there. And they serve up a varying level of heat from no heat to mild to medium to hot to the daredevil's dream. Shut the cluck up. So make sure you visit their new location in Dallas, Texas, down in Deep Ellum, or you can pick up a delivery at HattieBees.com and use the link in the description to create a free Hattie Bees rewards account and receive up to $10 on a gift card. $10 on a gift card. Come on, y'all. It's easy. That's Hattie B's hot chicken. So, instead of a hot take, we got three guys that I think are on a hot seat. And the first guy may be a little bit of controversy. It may be controversial. 
Y'all tell me. Jordan Lewis. I like Jordan Lewis. I don't think Jordan Lewis is on the hot seat for his roster spot. J. Lou has one year left on his deal. Okay. One year left on his deal. He missed week four with the groin injury. And then Deron Bland came in and said, hey, Deron, anything but Bland has stepped up and put everybody on notice. Now, he put people on notice in camp, but that, that game right there woke a lot of people up. And then in week seven, as Jordan Lewis was finally starting to get, no pun intended, his feet up under him, he had a foot injury. And that foot injury put him on IR, and it is Liz Frank. And, you know, Liz Frank is not, it's not a great injury. And that's something I want to talk to the doc about moving forward here. Probably our next doc talk, we'll talk about J. Lou and some of the draftees. But even before his foot injury, there was a bit of regression from Jordan Lewis. A little bit of regression. Uh, he allowed a career-high 82% receptions allowed. The slot is hard, man. The slot is really, really hard. You're going to give up a higher catch percentage than any other position on the field. But 82 is extremely high. It's, it's by far the most in his career. He was on pace. Mind you, he played like five games or six games. He was on pace to exceed... The yak yards, so yards after catch, allowed. Damn near doubling it if it would continue the way he was going. So that means not only was he allowing the catches, but he, he wasn't bringing the guys down or he wasn't in position to bring the guys down. And if you just want to go take a look at a game that kind of epitomized his play up until that Detroit game, it's the Eagles. You, you see J. Lou struggling with the injury. You see J. Lou struggling with, with getting guys down after the catch or following guys out of the slot. And they, they put him in a blender in that game. They put him in a blender. But J. Lou, to me, is 100% on the hot seat. It's just a level of how high. So, Jordan Lewis, Cowboys Nation. Is this hot seat mild, hot, or shut the cluck up? I'm going to go with mild. I think Jordan Lewis's seat is mild because I don't think he's a guy that you're kicking off the team. I don't think his I don't think his roster spot is in jeopardy, but I do think his starting spot is. In fact, Deron Bland alone, you could argue, puts him on the quote unquote hot seat. But then they went out and got Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore is going to be your your your, your cornerback on the boundary opposite of Trayvon Diggs. Deron Bland has earned the right, right? He earned the right to be the starting cornerback. You say, well, Sky, let him go fight it out. Cool. Let him go fight it out. But he's earned the right to lose the job, in my opinion. You don't do what Deron Bland did as a rookie and then say, okay, we're going to start you over. No way, no how. So I don't think Jordan Lewis is a guy that you want to kick off the team because we saw what happened in that cornerback room. But I think his roster, his depth chart, right, where he's going, his starting role, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I think that is in jeopardy. He came into the season as a starter the last three seasons out of the slot. Don't know if that's the case anymore uh, heading into this draft. And you could say it doesn't even matter if they take a guy in this draft. Just right now alone, Jordan Lewis is on the hot seat. So I'll give it a mild here. Iceberg says Luke Warm. 
similar to Mal. Big Sarge, Mal. Uh, Miss Myers wants to trade J. Lou. CJ believes Bland will compete with Gilmore. Are you talking about Stefan Gilmore? Oh, I would love for you to call it. I want to hear that one. Uh, I don't think they're going to put him on the outside. I think they're going to they're going to keep him inside. Compete with if anything, Gilmore's competing with with Diggs. We going that far? Uh, insurance policy from JG. <laughs> Tony said mango habanero. Jason Cal called it uh, mild. Gregory mild. So a lot of people uh, mild. Yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like his seat is mild. I, I don't think that J. Lou is, is going to be kicked off this team as we speak, right? They they could draft a corner high, and then that might change the conversation. But even then, didn't we learn our lesson last season? Cowboys suffered injury to the cornerback room, and it affected us immensely. So it, it's going to take a lot to get him off this team. In fact, I would be willing to move away from another guy in that cornerback room before I'd be willing to move away from Jordan Lewis. Oh, mister. My bad. I can't see the picks. I can't see the picks, Mr. Myers. All I see is YouTube or Facebook comments over here on the restream. My bad, bro. All right, let's get, uh, uh, you know what we got? We got a minute, so we got to be quick. Let's get 208 in the building real quick before we speak with our guy, B. What's good, 208? What's good, fam? Hey, I was watching a show yesterday about your tight ends. I'll be real quick, though. And I felt like what, when old boy was going on about the O-lines and, and whatnot, I feel like Peyton Hendershot and uh, Ferguson fit us just fine. And if Dallas went in the third or fourth round with the tight end, like a uh, schoolmaker out of uh, Michigan or old boy out of Oregon State, they'd be just fine. Um, they'd fit right in with that tight end room. They got the same kind of bodies and do the same kind of things. Um Plus, it's a tight end heavy draft, and I don't see nobody drafting no tight ends in the first first round this year. Second, Ooh. I hear I hear you on the Jordan Lewis thing, and he did take. I thought also he took a step back early, yeah. like in training camp. I thought he took huge steps back, and uh-huh. I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why Deron Bland wasn't getting his recognition in training camp when everybody. Like, when you guys were at training camp, you and Vox, y'all were talking about the Ron Bland standing out and balling, but everybody else just thought it was preseason hype. Man, I, y'all y'all really know y'all shit. That boy, I, I really do think Jay Lou is on the hot seat. I think Michael Gallup is trade a bowl and trade bait. I don't think he's on the hot seat or, like, in a hot spot. I just think he's trade bait. But uh, I know where you're going with the other cornerback. Man, leave KJ alone. That boy on a rookie deal at Dallas State. <laughs> you knew where I was going with that, huh? I knew where you were going with that. He on a rookie deal, bro. And I just you you and I both know that Jerry loves his 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 reclamation projects, Randy Gregory, um, Jalen Smith, uh, Pac-Man Jones, all those guys. He loves those reclamation projects. And so as much as people want to You're not wrong. He does. But Randy Gregory showed you he had some ridiculously elite traits and he was killing it for a little bit. Uh, Jalen Smith put on a performance of a century in 2018. He was an absolute beast. What the hell has Kelvin Joseph done? 
see, here's my thing with the Randy Gregory. We didn't see Randy Gregory until year four of his pro career, bro. So he had a chance to, like, he, he was suspended for the first three full seasons, I believe, of his career. And so, I mean, look at where Randy Gre- or look at Randy Gregory and Kelvin Joseph, and they're practically at the same point in their oh, careers yeah. where Randy Gregory started to get it. No, no, I'm not saying talent. I'm just yeah, saying where that, that's Randy what I mean. started to catch. Like Randy Gregory started to catch on. But when Randy when Randy three. Gregory got a chance to get on the field, Randy Gregory showed you I belong on the field. So that that's what I'm saying, right? Granted, it might have been two games suspended, yeah. three games suspended, six games suspended, whatever, right? He 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 showed yeah. you, okay, I'm willing to be patient. My question is, Kelvin Joseph has given you two seasons, right? What like has he given you enough to be like, hey, I'm willing to be paid? I, I think the the lease is short. Like he has a leash. I'm not saying you get rid of him now. You let him go compete. But what I am saying, and I'll I'll, I'll be ten toes on this, I am not cutting Jay Lou before I cut that guy. Absolutely not. I hear you because you have more. Your floor is higher with Jay Lou yeah. than it is with Kel- Kelvin Joseph. I hear you. Like I'm not that naive dude that's going to argue with you on that. Like, I hear you. I just feel like with Kelvin Joseph, you kind of have a scenario with Rand, like with a mentality like a Randy Gregory. This He's a young kid, immature. When he came into the league, he was young. And he, not to undermine what he went through last year with the, the body under his homeboy's belt that he had to witness. I mean, people have to understand when you witness somebody take somebody's life and then you're under that type of scrutiny because I've faced, like, believe it or not, I've faced that kind of charge. And luckily, my co-defendant took what he needed to take. And uh, But I've faced that kind of charge, bro. And I don't think people understand what it looks like to watch somebody die in front of you and then have to play, like, have to carry on with your career afterwards. So I think this is either, I think this is the year where, Dallas puts it on him and tells him, look, you either get it or you're gone. But I hear you on keeping Jordan Lewis over him as it came down to that 53-man roster spot. I'm not I'm not trying to play therapist. I'm not trying to play moral justice warrior here, but he put himself in that position for like I, I don't I'm not trying to victimize him for, for what happened there. That that that's I'm not doing that. Because he's a victim circumstance that's what I he ain't a victim like I said he he ain't I'm not there's not a chance I'm calling him a victim but I'm not saying you are but just the way it sounded right like hey you don't know people don't understand how that feels to have that on you he put himself in he got into the the, you know the 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 the, the scruffle the the fight what have you he elected to do all the extra stuff he elected to like he ain't a victim he ain't a victim no 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 so so I hear you but but I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but how he feels playing with that, honestly, dude, a bot, somebody died, man. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. his his feelings towards that situation are at Should the bottom privileged. of yeah, yeah, man. It's at the bottom of the barrel compared to what happened, compared to the other family's feelings, compared you know, obviously the the, the actual victim. So I'm not going to victimize KJ. You know, and I'm gonna leave it at that. I don't want to go too down that down that that that, that road I there. You, um, I personally I think do. his play 
his his play and his failure on the field should be the motivation to to hopefully bounce back. You know, and, and I'm gonna just leave that's it what I, I guess that's what I was trying to say, man. I like I felt like last year he put too much on his mind about what happened instead of looking at it as a privilege, kind of like I like you're you're alluding to, like instead of putting your feelings into this. Look at it as a privilege that you ain't sitting underneath the jail and that you still have the fan base's backing and that you still have an opportunity to go out here and perform on a national tele- on a Fair national enough. level. I appreciate you, bro. I hope you have a blessed day and an even better week. Thanks, man. Fantastic discussion. Yes, sir. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that still... And look, man, I'm not trying to push him... I mean, toxic is trying to get rid of him now. I'm not saying you... You can cut him right now. Like, sure, give him a shot when he comes here. But I have more faith in in, in J. Lou right now. So, y- yes, J. Lou's on the mild hot seat, but I think he's more so on the hot seat for depth chart reasons, not necessarily roster reasons. If you do cut him, uh, can somebody give me the number? Isn't it something like 3.5, maybe 5 million? So that could play a major factor. So hold tight to that because... Uh, one of the guys that we have on a hot seat, I do think that will play a factor later on. So a little bit of an audible. We actually do have more time than I thought. Uh, we, we will not be getting a, a call in, so we can take another call here. I wanted to holler at Landlord about about the J. Lou topic, so let's get Landlord from Alabama up here. What's good, fam? Uh-oh. Landlord. We don't have landlord. We'll, we'll try to get landlord back. So this is this is what this is what I struggle with when I'm trying to be get to place I want to get to. No, and no disrespect taken, Big Flock, because you don't you don't know me. You don't know my my story, my situation, or my background. Uh, but but Big Fox says no disrespects, guy. But if you've never been in a situation surrounding street ish, you never know the where, never know, <laughs> never know. Then where it puts on you, especially at an age where you're still influenced. Uh, but to each its own, in my opinion. You don't, and this is no disrespect to you. You don't know me. You know, uh, I, I, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna go any further about my 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 past life in other places and things like that, because it's, it's a lot of things like that. Like the gentleman just talked about and it's other things as well, but trust me, sir, I 100% understand. I've lost friends, not, not just to gun violence, but to jail because of gun violence, both sides. I've literally ducked bullets. I've, I've done things. I ain't had no business doing. I feared for my family's life, my brother's life. I've been wrongfully targeted because of things on the street. And I'm being very vague. But you don't really know what somebody goes through just because you see them here, right? So I don't take any disrespect. You just don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't say that lightly when I'm talking to, to, the, to the gentleman on the phone about Kelvin Joseph. And that's why I got a little passionate because I he ain't the victim. 
I've lost people that are victims. Okay? And I would never, ever say the dude who pulled the trigger, the dude who was with the dude who pulled the trigger is ever a victim. Or I, And look, man, again, now we're going a bit sideways. I don't care how that person felt. And maybe it's selfish because the person that you do lose, you're connected to that person. But that is what it is, man. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, <clears throat> DJ, what's good, man? Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing. Where are you at, bro? Sound like you, <laughs> you in the bathroom, dog. Not, that was my first question. You know, I always take it. Do I sound like I'm calling from the Twilight Zone right now? I'm in a hallway. Yeah. It's a little echoey. It's all good. I, I hear you, oh. though. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hey, give me one second. I'm walking through it. Um, but let, let, let's bring this back to zero a little bit, you know. Um, but Kelvin Joseph, I'm, I'm a big supporter of him, or I was him as he was drafted. And the, the big thing is, you know, we don't have to get into it. You know, y'all already did that for me, but... He had a distraction this offseason, not making excuses. Yeah. But anybody who has a distraction, may it be um, a divorce like Tom Brady or whatever else, um, it's very hard to come back and perform at the highest level. Um, not saying that he should or shouldn't. Just saying that historically with players, when they have struggles off the field during the offseason, they normally come back and have a, a less than stellar season. Yeah. Now, my big thing is, and the comparison in my head that I make, I may be wrong or right, um, and you'll definitely let me know, but how many, how many snaps has he got in total um, since he's been on the team, or roughly, do you have any idea on that? Talking about Kelvin? Yeah. I can get an exact number for you. Give me a second here. Go ahead. Because my thing is, is if we compare Diggs' rookie season, where, and I'm not saying it's the same, but he was getting toasted pretty much 16 games out of the year because it was still 16 games at the time. So so I got and, you. 332 total snaps in his first two seasons. So he's basically just under a season's worth of snaps total, right? Yeah, yeah. he's not, not, a, not a ton. Yeah, I wouldn't consider that a lot. And, and my big thing is is that his his were even – spread out like he wasn't a guaranteed starter. He was going into games that he didn't know he was going to play, things like that. Now you need to be ready. But at the same time, especially at corner, which outside of quarterback, I believe uh, uh, being the DB on the outside is the hardest job in football, maybe sports, but we can have that argument later. So I think that the traits, because you mentioned traits, and that was actually the reason that I called it, there's traits there. He hasn't shown it since he's been in the league, but he also hasn't had the ample opportunity to do so. Um, and when he did, I mean, he, he gave up touchdowns and he, he was out of place and all that kind of stuff. He hasn't looked, well, looked good when he was in there, and I'll give you that. But based off of a film of who he was supposed to be and who we thought we were, the reason Botch hung the chair and all that and was excited, that guy may still be in there. He may be gone. We don't know. If he doesn't love football, we'll never give him back. But if we can hone that in, and the conversation with Stephon Gilmore when we got him is hopefully he can kind of take him under his wing and train him a little bit. 
I think there's still something to be had with Kelvin Joseph. And between him and Jordan Lewis, if it really, really came down to it, I'd probably go with KJ. Why? Because of hope? Not necessarily hope, but you know what Jordan Lewis is. You know who he is. You know what he's done. Uh, and KJ's still on his rookie deal. So it really come down to a money decision. And the, the slot, at least at this point today, is locked up with Deron Bland anyway. So and what if Deron Bland time, gets hurt? Well, that's didn't, an experience that I'm talking about didn't we Didn't we just go through this last year? Yeah, yeah but it's not CB. It, it, it's slot, which you can help slot a lot easier than you can help somebody outside of the numbers. Really, I I I, yes. I think the slot is more is more difficult to help because you got the two way break, man, and, and you're usually going up against you know shifty guys for nine times out of ten unless you get a big slot. But I, I don't necessarily. I think you got to have a specific set of skills to play in that slot, man. I feel like you can oh, help the guy on the boundary, but but DQ elected uh, not to. Here, here's here's my question to you: How do you explain Deron Bland? Because you said. You know, cornerback, you were given kind of the excuse that Kelvin Joseph didn't have time to be ready. He was thrown in the fire. Well, technically last year, he started a couple games, or 2021, he started a couple games uh, towards the end of the season. And then last year, what do you you mean he didn't have time to get ready? Like when A.B. went down, Kelvin Joseph, you up. The difference there, Scott, and the games that he was supposed to start, those games, we really didn't hear much from him. So who and with quarterback, no news is good news. So who are we talking about? Kelvin Joseph? Uh, I shutting it down. I'm not saying he was. Who are you talking about? He had a he had a mental you know trajectory of hey I'm going to start and he had a decent game. Even you said if who I were talking about and if, well, hold on DJ who are you talking about? Uh, when he started a couple games in 2021, yeah 2021. You talking about Kelvin he, he or Deron Bland? Uh, Kelvin. You said we didn't hear his name? In 2021, the couple games, because we were like, hey, we hadn't really heard from him, and then he would have, you know, oh, one or two last year. Uh, opportunities. Last not, year, you heard his name every single time he was out on that field. He was getting, seemed like he was getting abused for a big play. And, and here's the thing, like I said about A.B. and all these other dudes that were failing at cornerback, too. Look, plays are going to be made on you, but you got to make some plays. Name yeah. me a time Kelvin Joseph was out there just making a bunch of plays, man. So, you know, and, and this is your and, opinion, and I'm pushing back on it because I, you're right. I do know what I got in Jordan Lewis. I know I can count on Jordan Lewis. I know I can count on Jordan Lewis off the field. I know I can count on Jordan Lewis on the field. Kelvin Joseph in one season gave up more touchdowns than Jordan Lewis did in his entire career uh, from, from a season standpoint, I believe. So, and not even, and that's in what, 104 coverage snaps, bro. True. That's, that's tough. Now, it, it's two different spots, though, as well. Because uh, KJ yeah, predominantly, yeah, if I'm wrong, two, if two, I'm wrong, two two different really spots. Asking. Don't see. So, so to me, man, that, it just it sounds like we're making excuses for his play on the field. His play was bad. So you're basically saying I'm gonna go with a guy I'll who has been bad for 2022. I'm gonna go with a guy who's been bad over a guy who has not been bad. For majority of his career, he's actually been solid to above average. I can't roll with it. That's all. If if we're if we're talking about, I guess my 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 whole 
idea on it is if we're betting on a backup guy, if we're, if we're going to be betting, because essentially we got Deron Bland for now, Stephon Gilmore for this year. If it came down to getting the guy that I know what I got versus a guy that has potential but has shown 0% of it as of right now, but it, the potential ceiling is higher than the guy, and it's a backup guy anyway, I would bet with the higher ceiling than the, than the higher floor. But you know what you got in Kelvin Joseph. That's a problem. If Kelvin Joseph Fair. didn't play at all, I don't even know if there would be a – I can reason with you there, but Kelvin Joseph has played, and he was bad. So not only do you, you say, you know, you got a guy, you don't know what you got in Kelvin. You do. You've got a player who was bad last year. And, and, but you're saying there's a potential. Dude, he was the, the sixth best corner in camp. Then he got on the field, and he was the sixth best cor- corner on the They went out and got dudes on the on the street, DJ. On the street. And you're saying, I'm going to take that guy over J-Lo? Okay. Look, I, I understand. You know, I, I'm, I'm on this hill by myself. I, I know I am. Mm-hmm. But I would I wouldn't say I, if I hope I don't have to make the decision. I just want one more season to see if we can get it together. I guess that essentially that's what I'm saying. Give gotcha. me one more season, see if we can get it together. Where he has no distractions, he's not a rookie, he's none of that. He has a full ass. off season, this stuff together. Then we can see. Then we can make that decision. I give his ass one more off season. <laughs> off season, yeah. <laughs> one more off season. I don't know you're gonna get an in season. But you better do something I, I, in the offseason. I, I, I let him get the flag day, bro. Yeah, I, I, I let him get the camp. Look, you better go out there and get it, dog. Because if we draft, say to get, you know what? I'll have this conversation off the phone. Appreciate you, DJ. Yes, sir. Absolutely. One of the guys they brought in, Emmanuel Forbes. If they drafted Emmanuel Forbes, y'all, Kelvin Joseph got an offseason to get his shit together on, on field. You know, and I want his on-field failures to push him. I do, but man, look, it's not a difficult decision to me. If you said we're going to the twenty twenty-three right now, we we trying to do this thing. I'm not counting on Calvin Joseph. No way, no how. Uh uh-uh. uh, uh uh. Been down that. I mean, do I? I don't want to put the film on from last year. Did he have some 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 routes and some snaps where it was it was good? Yeah. But like I said, man, you can't just get beat. You have to make some plays. He wasn't making any plays, man. And I'll leave it at that. The second one on the hot seat is not as controversial. And I knew Jay Lou would be controversial, but I didn't I didn't know it would turn into Kelvin Joseph conversation. But the second guy going to hot seat is really not as controversial as say Jordan Lewis. And I'm going with Sean McKean. Or McEwen. My bad. I Look, man, I'm a big, big fan of Sean McEwen. I was a big fan of Sean McEwen his rookie year, big fan last year, big fan this year, and, and maybe even more of a fan this year of Sean McEwen. Uh, a, another veteran with one year left on his deal, and he currently right now slots as the third tight end, and, and I think it's a great fit for him. I think it's a great role for Sean McEwen. Now, the one thing that Kellen did that I thought was an absolute fantastic adjustment was getting rid of that damn guard at fullback and putting Sean McHugh in there. I wish they would have did a little bit more with it, 
you know, play action, get me queuing out on routes and stuff like that. But, you know, for a guy that's the smartest guy in the room, uh, he has a he has a strange way of showing creativity. But nonetheless, man, I thought McEwen was was really good in that role. Uh, when they asked him over the last two seasons to, you know, catch passes, he wasn't a guy that let you down. But at the end of the day, he is tight in three. All right. He's only played 300 snaps since he's been in Dallas. That's three years. And we're seeing that there is interest in the Cowboys in taking the tight end, whether it be early, you know, or later in, 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 in a draft. Now, obviously, if they take a tight end early, that could spell some trouble for McEwen. But here's why I actually have his seat as mild. And y'all let me know. Is Sean McEwen's hot seat mild, hot, or shut the cluck up? I'm going to go mild because the Cowboys carried four tight ends last year. They carried four tight ends, I believe, the season before. And while if they take a tight end early, that 100% will knock McEwen pretty much off the active list. He, he, he probably, they, they might even cut him and try to bring him back type situation. But if they take a tight end later, they take a day three tight end. I think McEwen slots right back into your tight end three. They allow that day three tight end to get acclimated. He probably is a guy that's inactive. He probably is a guy uh, that doesn't suit up and things like that. And they roll with the big three of the Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Big Ten tight end room and McEwen, Hendershot, and Ferguson. But if they take one early, it's a different story. So I got Sean McEwen's seat as mild. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get kicked off the team. Uh, even if they take a tight end. I just think he's a guy that right now, with the interest in tight ends, he very well could lose that uh, tight end three duties. For instance, let's say they take Mayer or they take Washington. These guys are, are guys that are going to bang on the interior too. So that's going to bump guys down, right? You're going to have a Ferguson that kind of bumps to tight end two if it's a Mayer. Or maybe you have Washington start off as tight end two if it's Ferguson as tight end one, both of those guys can bang. Both of those guys can be used, uh, or at least Washington can be used kind of as that blocker type that McEwen's role is right now. And then Hendershot's going to be the move guy. So his seat is still mild, but I don't think it's in Fuego uh, because they carry four guys. Looks like uh, Swain says mild, mild. Avi says mild. Caustic thinks he can start the season on practice squad. Yeah, if, if, if he could, if they draft one early, he could be a candidate for a cut, bring back. Talking to Bill and said, I think they keep one vet in house. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be the vet, right? That'd be wild to think. Sean McEwen ain't played a lot, but he would be the vet for sure. Caustic says, shut the cluck up. So, so he believes his seat is burning. And he says, I base that not on the current roster, but the likelihood we draft the tight end somewhere strong chance he starts on the practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. If they take a tight end early, I do think that could change the conversation for McEwen. That couldn't, I, I would say it would knock it up to hot. Uh, I wouldn't put him at the furthest level, but it would knock it up to hot for sure for me. Let's see if we can get landlord back. L landlord, you good? Man, I think landlord butt dialed us, y'all. Uh, let's get let's get Danny Savage in the building. What's good, D? Good morning, Sky. Good morning, Sky. I'm glad you switched over to McEwen because I'm just going to change my whole conversation around. Okay. Uh, 
I think it's a little hot right. just because of the crazy depth of this tight end class. Plus, yeah. also, like you said, he's been hurt, guy. When you come to day three, this is just me. I wouldn't be surprised you see a Dallas or a lot of teams take two tight ends, mm. even when it comes to a running back position. I ain't saying Dallas is going to take two running backs, but there are going to be teams that are going to take two tight ends. There are going to be teams that take two running backs just because those two positions are the strongest in the draft last year. Perfect example, last year, Baltimore Ravens had Andrews on their team. They still drafted uh, likely out of Coastal Carolina, and then the next round they took Windermere out of Texas A&M just because they stuck to their board and they were the best available guys. It was like I Baltimore does that too. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think we can count on McCune because he's always having, I don't, I don't know if they're fake injuries or real injuries, but 300 snaps over three years. It's not I, a lot. I'm yeah. a little iffy. You know, I'm a little iffy with that one. And like I said, I ain't saying Dallas is going to take two tight ends. You'll see some teams take two tight ends. And uh, one wish, I'm just going to land a plane. I'm going to give you an early guy. Day two early guy. And uh, he's not going to Day two, Danny. Now we're going day two. Tariq Stevenson from the U. Oh, I like him. I love him. And he's getting no love. He's getting no love. He got some he love at the corner. Senior Bowl. Yo, but around yo, but do you hear anyone talking about him? I hear I hear I hear Quinn likes him. I hear McClay likes him because he has safety. He has corner and safety flex, and he he has the size. To be fair, he could be, a, he could be one of those sneaky picks. Yeah, he could. To be he fair, could, I, I wonder if I mean I don't know if everybody and I know I know. Uh, uh, the other show they do they do each position, but to be fair, I wonder if our community isn't talking much about corner because of the the state of the cornerback room. That could be the case, uh, and, and obviously, as Correct. you know, we haven't done our cornerback uh, on a clock series yet. But yeah, I haven't really brought up many corners at all in this draft period. But but Stevenson is a guy that the Cowboys brought in, Danny. So there's there's definitely interest there, and he fits the the traits, right? You know, long long arms, oh, the, yeah. the athleticism, it yeah, starts. physicality, yeah. And real quick, one more on land the plane. Canucks, the tight ends. He's from your area. He's from where you, Yo, where you grew up. He's from Harrisburg. When you said that, Have I went you and ever looked. Heard of him? No. When you so when you said that, I went and like literally as as I saw that come up at the end of the show yesterday, I went and looked and found out he's from Camp Hill. So uh you can you can I you guess you can say that's Harrisburg. No, I have not. And I don't know what high school he went to. I didn't really look up the high school, but it looks like he's from Camp. It sounded like a, it sounded like a, like a private school. He, he might have went to like. might have went to a school in Camp Hill, which is on the other side of the bridge. So you got yeah, that sounds familiar. Actually, yeah. that, you got the that, city that kind of sounds. And you cross the bridge, and you got I ain't gonna say what they call it back in the bird, but you got the other side. So. Gotcha, gotcha. And they said he went to Penn State because of family reasons and it was close. But I read that, but they said he came out to, he came out to class with Micah and Kyle Pitts, all from that like kind of area, that kind of like, well, I know it's a big area, but he oh, came out of that area. Him. I'm going to look it up. I got to go look it I got to go look it up too. But a uh, great call as always. And uh, I'm glad you, we switched over from KJ to, to, 
to McEwen conversation. For sure. Uh, looking for you, 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 you and Bob's going to be on later, 316 or no? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, yeah, we'll be back today. All right, man. Looking forward to it, bro. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Indeed. Appreciate you, man. So I just found it. He, he So you went to Camp Hill High. And it wasn't really private, unless he moved to a private school. But uh, yeah, he went to Camp Hill. Interesting. Never heard of the dude. Uh. Try it one more time, man. And then I have to let Landlord go. Landlord. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, man? I had an important call that popped up on me, man. You know. Oh, good, saying? brother. Oh, good. Bad. But yeah, man, I seen you were talking about uh, people on the hot seat, and you got my boy MG13 on there, man. That's great. No, he ain't. <laughs> he ain't. I ain't no. saying it's wrong, but it's just crazy to think about. But uh, no, I I don't I'm have thinking... him. On... Hold on, I don't have him on oh, the hot seat. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Nope, nope, nope. Is he on the thumbnail, though? I thought yeah. you had him on the thumbnail. Yeah, that's what I do. Like, see, see, you got, I, I, I throw, oh, okay, I throw, okay. I throw. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, see, you got so, me thinking I'm making some bullets, though. Uh, so, okay, okay, long as he's so, on the thumbnail. There's a little science okay. to some of the things I do. Not all the time, but, you know, look, I got you. I got your ass in here riled up. Let me tell you about Michael Gallup's guy. See, nah, he ain't on the hot seat. We good. <laughs> No, okay. see, see, it's a method to, to your madness. That's what we understand. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But, okay, I was just thinking, man, I was looking at this drought. Guy, I think I got a drought that's almost, that could be similar to what's going to go on this year. This guy, okay. I kind of liken this drought to the 2018 drought. Think about that. That 2018 drought had... They didn't drop a receiver to the 24th pick, I believe. And that was Kevin Ridley. We had all the receivers at our disposal, and we chose LBE. So this could be something similar because everybody's saying they low on these uh, receivers, man. We could be, like, maybe JSN, the only one that goes before we pick. We yeah. might be in a situation like that. What you think about that, man? That, I mean, we got all the receivers at our disposal, and then we got the uh, the tight ends. What would we do? All of the tight ends too. Uh, I mean, I th actually think that could be that could be a legitimate situation, man. Um, the more and more you you know you're going through this process, and you're hearing you know you heard Jim Nagy, he said that a lot of these teams view most of these guys as second round graded guys, so it's a matter of. Those top like 15 to 18 picks, how many receivers go? If not many, you could be looking at a cluster in that 20 to 31 range. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's far-fetched. I think you could be looking at one of the receivers you brought in uh, in the 30 visits or one of the receivers you're interested in. It's just a matter of, okay, are these receivers, is the value there for the receiver or do we like one of these linemen better? Do we like one of these edge guys better? Uh, does, who else falls to you? I, I think it, that, that'll that matter. Because if they're falling that late, maybe they'll fall again in the second round. Or maybe they got a guy in the second round that they're like, look, I like I like Amingo, right? I like the traits. I'll just wait for him to, to be there or a guy like him to be there. So, But to answer your question, I do think there's a situation yeah. where they could be looking at a bunch of receivers. Yeah. Man, because I'm looking at this 2018 drop, and it just got DJ Moore was 24 feet. Then Kevin Ridley was 26. We might be in a situation like that, bro. We might be able to get maybe the second best receiver in this draft, maybe the third. 
It would have been if they didn't address the situation. Like, but back in 2018, it was kind of egregious to not take one because you got rid of. Yeah, we were. Yeah, it was We was begging. We yeah. were beating on the table like drop the receiver, and we went linebacker. And then they waited to the third round, and they got Michael Gallup, who ended up, you know, coming through for you in the playoffs and coming True. through for you uh, over the next year or two. But this year. Honestly, I, I'm not going to sit here and really be upset if they pass on receiver in round one. I, I do feel secure, right? I, I feel secure uh, yep. with my top two guys, and even if even if Michael Gallup is my wide receiver three, I feel better about than that about than Michael Gallup being my wide receiver two, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got some of the yeah. young guys, yeah. Rope steps up. Plus, you got you got the second and third and fourth rounds to address those positions, that position too. So, I don't think I would be up in arms if they passed on receiver in round one. Because of where we're at now at the position, as opposed to back then, who we have? Uh, Tavon Austin? Did he get? Did he get brought in? Yeah, nobody. Uh, <laughs> De- De- Deontay Thompson. We were, we were back. Allen Hearns. Yeah, we were like, back. come on, man. That there, there was no reason to pass on receiver, man. DJ Moore, or Calvin Ridley would have been been a great selection. Yeah, man. I just wanted to see uh, what the what the thought was on that. Like, I ain't telling you to draft receiver, but I'm just saying if you got a full buffet of receiver right now, that, that's going to be tough to see Jerry just pass up on. But it seems like everybody is low on these receivers. I think I think they low on them for the for the first round. That's what it feels like. Yeah. I feel so like right around the time we pick, they gonna, it's probably going to be a run. I was just about to say, I feel like if we get to that second day, right, uh, say the only two receivers go in the first round, I feel like you're about to see a crazy run on the receivers between 32 and 56, 58, wherever we're at, 58. So I think you're going to see a, a crazy run on day two if they don't get taken in day one. So what you're telling me is Tank Dale is almost for sure in our in our uh, range. Because <laughs> he's going to be probably the way. The fifth, sixth, fifth receiver, they they – they crazy on them, but I like them a lot. Oh, so fifth or sixth if, if receiver. You mean to tell me, if you mean to tell me he fought a 58, that's going to be tough for me to pass. I, I like his skill set, man. I just, I don't, how the hell would they use him here? I don't know, man. I, it's Dallas, <laughs> with, Dallas, with, unless you're like purely slot guy, right? You know, the Cole Beasley's and, and, and the. Randall Cobbs under the previous regime offense. Uh, I feel all right, cool. Throw him in the slot and let's roll. But lately, with with the usage of Lamb in the slot, and that, now you got Cooks who can do slot things, and you know the coach loves the guys that can do both. I like Dell, but I feel like giving me Zay if he's if he's available because I think Zay now, can do. Zay, can do Zay more. is my number one. I like him better than all of them. And I'm That's talking about these little, these little I'm mighty mites is who I'm talking about. You know, like get, yeah. if, if out of the little, yeah. the little mighty mites, give me Zay. You know, but if if, if Tank's yeah. the choice, that that got to be a slot of the future, right? You might be able to get him in the third, bro. Yeah. I might cry. <laughs> I might have. I might have said we in the third. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think man, that's I where he pretty, pretty much slides. Yeah, I just want to tap in with you, man. My apologies for the uh, the other guy. Ah, right, you good, fam? Appreciate you laying low from Alabama. Make sure y'all check him out later. Trap House, you, you coming on today? Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. Make sure to check him out. Appreciate you, dog. All right. Interesting uh, analogy there. Comparison. 2018, the first receiver, I think he said, didn't go off till 24. And then 26 was the second receiver. Could happen. Now, I think JSN might go a little bit sooner. But I, I don't I don't think that's far-fetched. Now, now depending where JSN go, and depending if that second guy goes, say, 18, I don't know who slotted there, but 18, 19, you might see a weird run uh, because the Giants are still, I believe, in front of Dallas. My mistake. Right? The Giants are in front of yeah, Giants are in front of Dallas, so they're in the receiver market. Uh, you constantly are seeing the Chargers being mocked, uh, a receiver. Any of those teams in the top, I think, between, you know, 10 to 20 could probably take one of those uh, receivers as well. Not necessarily the Jets, but yeah, I, I think you could get one or two going before the Cowboys, but years past, you used to see four or five, you know, before you get to 25, 26. So I don't think that's going to be the case. All right, let's get to our third guy and then we'll finish off the show here on the horns. I don't think this one is controversial at all. In fact, I just come flat out and say it. Neville Gallimore's seat. It's not mild. It's not hot. Hot. It shut the cluck up in fuego. That seat is burning, burning. He can't even sit down in that seat, man. One of the things I completely forgot about Neville Gallimore was he barely even played in 2021, right? Like, I, I forgot he had that injury that sidelined him for more than half of the season, right? He didn't come back to like week 14. He started off hot and then he faded a little bit. Got an off season. Got that off season peanut butter, as my bro Vach says. Put on some of that weight. They wanted him to do more run things. But bro couldn't handle that weight. <laughs> he got to Denver and was huffing and puffing. And, and coach, I'm tired. I put him in a doghouse a little bit, man. Down there at camp. Me and Vach kept coming back to y'all and was on live and was like, hey, man, quit Bohanna. Did he take Neville Gallimore's spot? Week one comes. Quentin Bohanna took Neville Gallimore's spot. Later in the season, the hell is Neville Gallimore? Did, did Golston start taking Neville Gallimore? Golston start taking Neville Gallimore's spot? <laughs> I mean, it got to the point, man, where Neville Gallimore was reported was being shopped at the deadline. It got to the point where Neville Gallimore was a healthy scratch throughout the season. Got to the point where Neville Gallimore didn't even play in the first playoff game. He's not a Dan Quinn guy, so I don't think he has a sponsor in the building anymore. Leon Lett is gone. They brought back Jonathan Hankins, right? So now he starts camp further down the roster, the depth chart than he did last season. And remember, he was in a doghouse at the end of the preseason. Neville Gallimore was playing in that last preseason game. He was playing in fourth quarters of the preseason. So, yeah, Neville Gallimore's seat is white hot. 
And 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 unlike the other two, I think his seat is white hot for a roster spot. I don't think this is just, oh, well, you know, he's going to be knocked down the depth chart. Nah, man. Heading into this draft, Neville, if they take a, a defensive tackle, it really doesn't matter what kind of defensive tackle, whether it be three tech, whether it be trash can full of dirt guy, whether it be kind of a combo guy. Neville Gallimore would, in my opinion, be the first kind of quote unquote big name, if you want to call it that big name that I would say is a target to be cut straight like that. And I don't even think that's, that's a, that's a hot take to be honest with you uh, because he was already a guy they tried to get rid of. He was already a healthy scratch guy and Bohanna took his spot. So Neville Gallimore, ladies and gentlemen, what is his seat to you guys? It's, it's without a doubt. Shut the cluck up for me. In fuego. Uh, Captain says Bo was on the same route Gallimore on, to be honest. Bo's a six-round pick, though. I, I don't agree with that. I think Bo Hanna was never really counted on as a guy to come in here and, and, and be a starter. I think when you took Neville Gallimore in the third round, you took Neville Gallimore hoping Neville Gallimore was going you know, turn into one of your top rotation guys or your starter. You know, Bohanna is a six round one tech that showed you some qualities as a three, which was very unexpected. And if I'm being real, at least before the injury to Bohanna, I thought his film was way better than Neville Gallimore's. I mean, Bo was looking pretty solid, man. I think the injury might have slowed him down a bit, but Bohanna's a six. So, so to me, you know, and a six round pick guy. I, I don't really trash can full of dirt. One tech type dude. If he's not on the team, it, it, whatever, but Neville's a third round pick. You know, Neville's a guy that you, you wanted or you hoped would be a part of this, this team in the future. Not looking like it right now, man. Not looking like it. Oh yeah. You had to be on Vacha show. My man called in and said, I don't know. You just got, you can't miss shows. You can't miss shows. Uh, oh man. Hemorrhoid hot. That's crazy. A lot of y'all are basically saying it, it's in fuego. His seat is the hottest. Uh, it's obviously the hottest of all these guys. Yeah. That's the other thing, right? Watkins. Here's what's wild to me. Uh, Keystone. And I think Watkins felt some type of way about this. When Watkins got cut, it was a surprise to us because Carlos Watkins down at camp, was also better than Neville Gallimore. Carlos Watkins in season was better than Neville Gallimore. So when he got cut, I think he felt some type of way. But the Cowboys don't like to cut their picks. And he was a third round pick. So they weren't going to cut Neville. I think they just sent the message by benching Neville. Brandon said, your current DTs are Osa and Hankins. Yeah, I think that's the starters. Everyone else is ready to be pushed off the cliff. That's why they should take a DT in the top 100. Man, I've been saying that defensive tackle to me is right there. That, that, that's a need. Now, I'm more so looking for a guy to compliment Osa when Hankins is out. Uh, but defense tackles right there. I wouldn't say, though, that Ghosting is off the cliff. Like, if we do an opposite of this, right? Like, who has the potential to kind of, and maybe we'll do that this week. We'll see. I think Ghosting would be on that list. So, I like what we saw from Ghosting last year, but I don't think it's a deep room. So I think they definitely should be taking a defensive tackle. DJ drop one. Super chat. He said, it makes me sick that we're lacking so much depth that Josh Ball can't be on that list. Josh Ball's trash can't be on that list. On this? 
I mean, Josh Ball shouldn't even be on the team in general. So, yeah. <laughs> Trade Gallimore for a seventh if we draft someone. Oh, uh, yeah, man. If you if you can get something for Neville, you get something for Neville. Yeah. Got to get something for him. Press row. That's that's good comparison because we did this. I don't know if you remember when we did this project. He said Gallimore's seat is where is whatever Tristan's seat was last year. Yep. Tristan Hill was on that seat. Now we did this after the draft. And we said I think Tristan was on that list. Uh I know LVE was on that list. And we were talking about, you know, stepping up or stepping out. And we was like, those guys got to step up. And Tristan did step up in preseason and camp. Tristan stepped up. He was better than Neville Gallimore. It's crazy. Watkins, Tristan, uh, Osa, Bo. They they pushed Neville off the cliff. So when we do this experiment after the draft, we'll see. We'll have a better idea what the Cowboys are thinking from each unit. Maybe we re, we revisit this and, and we take a different look at Neville or not, but we'll see. I, I don't think so. I think regardless of what happens, whether they address a position or not in the draft, Neville's seat is still extremely hot. Extremely hot. Brandon doesn't list Golson as the defensive tackle. Unfortunately, that, well, not unfortunately, but they do list him as, uh, they have him more of a DT than a than, a, than an edge. Uh, he's more of a five tech. So he's more three tech, five tech than he is edge pass rusher guy. So I think the flex because you have him as flex. The flex is move out to five tech. Uh, but but he, you know, he put on, I think he up to like 290 something. And he even came out and told Kyle Yeomans last year, like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a defensive tackle now. Is what, he, is what he told the Dallas Cowboys. And that's kind of where they were kind of putting him at. And they would do some five tech things with him. And honestly, if the Cowboys were a traditional three, four team, he fits the bill as your prototypical five tech. You know, six, five. 300 pounds, but a lot of teams don't just run anymore. It's, it's, it's a lot of multiple defense nowadays. All right, let's get back into the horns. But before we do that, got to tell you all about Boston Scientific, of course. In the U.S., more than 39 million men suffer from ED. And no, I don't think you want to be a part of this 39 million. But if you are, Boston Scientific has created edcure.org to help you find your best cure. The fastest way to contact or the fastest way to find your best cure is to contact an ED specialist by browsing a list of experienced physicians in your area. So visit edcure.org to get the facts and find a urologist who can offer treatment options that work when others do not. Again, that's edcure.org brought to you by Boston Scientific. Say it with me, y'all. It ain't hard, but you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. <laughs> Professor. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Iceberg said, what about Kansi in a NASCAR package? I like Kansi, man. I'm a little bullish on Osa, but yeah, Kansi in a NASCAR is fun. We, we had that little fun conversation about Kansi being a 
ghosting type of role, right? Where where he's a five tech type and slide him into the NASCAR package type. Yeah, that'd be fun, Iceberg. Sure. Revis says, Sky, I need to draft two defensive tackles. One one tech, one three tech. Look, man, I'm all about... Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I don't think in the first two, three rounds, I would go that hard. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine coming out of this draft getting two guys on the interior, for sure. I'm with it. I saw something. There we go. Chris dropped one. Super chat. Chris said, I say we pull a surprise trading away Gallup. Whoa. They just restructured Gallup's deal. I, I don't think they're going trading uh, unless it would be for like DeAndre Hopkins. Or we sign Ashawn Robinson. Says, Look, I, I think they should go out and sign Ashawn Robinson right now. Point blank period. Come on now. Will McDonald might be coming. He bends that edge like a surfer. Come on, man. Give me Will McDonald. Who we talking about here? All right, let's... Uh, yes, I would trade him for, for D-Hop. Right now. Right now, Revis. Let's uh, get to these phone lines, man. Finish this out. Uh, we got... My writing brother on the horn. What's good, man? Uh, good morning. God bless you and the show and the family. And, you know, all that good stuff. Listen, I want to say that I think that Dallas, they should go in the first round for offensive linemen because I think if Dak has a good line, I think that we can do good. And as that one thing about J. Lou and that Kevin Joseph situation, J. Lou is more qualified. He shows that he does more plays. Kevin Joseph is still struggling, and we've been giving him time. If we want to win, I will go with J. Lou. That's fair. You know yeah. Anyway, God bless you and the show and your family and watch his family and y'all keep up the good work. Thank you, man. And he said it right there. If you if you want to win, I'm going with J. Lou. And I'm not saying J. Lou a hump player, but if I'm looking at this season, and this kind of is a semi-all-in season, I'm going with the guy that's been in the foxhole with me over the last five, six years and has done way more things than a guy that hasn't done anything. And we're hoping, right? We hope that Kelvin Joseph can tap into that potential. We hope no one is sitting in that seat when we get there. Nah, player. Four and five. J. Lou and Duran over Kelvin Joseph. Hey, Mont, what's up, man? What's going on, Sky? What's good with you? So, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Posky over at McDonald's. I don't care what you say, bro. <laughs> Didn't you call it last year for, or last week, Fosky? No, yeah. no, I called in a couple, a few days ago. Okay. You was sitting up here trying to go and box me and stuff like that. You was trying to throw some little Holyfield shots, and I was, I was dugging and dodging, but then I kind of Got hit nah. with one when he was like, "Oh man, he had forty sacks too." I was like, "Dang!" Yeah, he had thirty. He had thirty. I think he had like thirty four career sacks. Look, we all like the guys we like. I just, I just like, I like Will McDonald better, man. Now I hear you, bro. I hear you. Um, so I was gonna say the only 
anomaly about the receiver position, um, if he did, if, if one fell to you that you wanted, um, man, I, I really find it hard that if Jay, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba gets close to you, I would, I, I probably might want to get upset if Cowboys let him go inside a division, just because I know how good he is. I, I, I watched that Rose Bowl game against Utah, and he, he ate those boys up all game long, and he did not stop from beginning till end. So you're saying, if in, are you insinuating if Njigba is in striking distance, you'd go up and get him? Like you trade up? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because think about it like this. How good is, uh, what's the white boy's name from uh, the Rams? Cooper Cup? Yes. Cooper Cup wasn't that fast coming out. I think he ran like a 4-6 in the, at the 40, didn't he? Nah, I believe Cup and, ran like a 4-4 four, four or something. No, he wasn't that fast, guy. He, 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 uh, he was projected as a third-round pick. He was, uh, I think he was like a projected slot guy. What? Yeah, I think he was a projected slot guy going into his uh, rookie season. And mm. if people forgot like what he did for the Rams the year oh, they yeah. won the Super Bowl he, he, he lifted right. up from the slide. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Speed isn't necessarily everything when it comes to receiver. <laughs> yes, I would love to have a burner. Yep. Yeah, that was he was actually who I wanted Dallas to take in uh, that year in the draft. Yeah. I was hoping they, they could get him, but to me I think JSN is kind of like him in a sense where he's a great route runner. He's got great hands, and he understands how to get open, and he's quarterback friendly. With him, I feel like, yes, you have some other pieces, but I feel like him and CeeDee Lamb, man, I feel like those two will be unstoppable because one of them will always be open. Um, so as far as that second round, yes, So sir. your comp to uh, JSN is Cooper, Cooper Cup? So, yes, I'm saying that he's so, he reminds me of the way Cooper Cup plays. He reminds me a lot of that that fashion where he just gets open, and it's hard to just keep your you hands think, on because he's good at fighting. And this is no knock on Cooper Cup because I, I was having this conversation with Cooper. Mark Cooper was here. Do you think the situation mattered for Cooper Cup? Right, like he went to the almost the, the perfect situation for a guy like him, where uh, Sean McVay can help you get open. Right, Sean McVay is a fantastic play designer and game planner. And I think he might have helped a little bit in that case. Um, I don't know what our offense is going to look like from that standpoint, like pre-snap motion, things like that. But if JSN is there at 26, yeah, I'll take it all day. Trading up to get him? I don't know, man. I don't know about that. So that's all I was going to say. Like, you remember the, the, the year when we drafted Micah, we actually tra- we tra- we traded back. We traded with the Eagles. So the Eagles we traded down. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We trade it back so the Eagles can go up and get their guy. Yeah. I also think that we we would need to leapfrog the Giants if we were to go get him. But um, as far as the uh, Tyreek Stevens pick, man, I love that guy, man. He is physical, and he's a big guy who's not going to get pushed around by someone like a Debo Samuels. Like, I know we talk about the 49ers a lot, but the thing is, that's the team who we we literally are going against. We have to get past them, and we have to get 
more physical, but our de- our defense backs need to be more physical, and they have to going to be able to going to um, cover for that long. And I feel like he's a good guy who, um, if he fell there, he would be a good pick in the second round. So I like the pick that Mel Kiper did give us, but I'm not really feeling that Mayor. 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 Yeah, yeah, I'm not really feeling him too much. Yeah, I'm not tight in round one. I like Mingo though. I, I I like him. Yes, Mingo, I do like. I feel like Mingo could be that uh yak guy. I think that's what they're looking for him as a yak guy because of his size. He's going to project as like a, a good yak receiver because of his strength and he could probably be like a running back with the ball with his hand after the reception. But um that, that's all I got, Sky. I just wanted to go and call in and put my two cents in, brother. Appreciate you, big dog. All right. Tell you what about JSN? If they were to draft him, in my opinion, he would he would do what I want them. He would a lot of Cowboys to do what I want them to do here with, at least I hope, with CD Lamb, and that's put him on the outside. I I want to see Lamb play on the outside a little bit more, man. I get why they had to do what they had to do last year. Dallas didn't have many receivers to really count on. Uh, but if you get a JSN, 82% of his, you know, snaps right out of the slot, he's a slot guy. So I think you bump Gallup down. You have Lamb and you have Cooks. I think that's a fine balance. Lamb goes 6'2". You know, Cooks, not a big guy, but he plays outside predominantly, can move in. All of them can move in. And then you got your slot demon. And I'm all about having a slot demon. Two-way goes, excellent rock runner, quick feet, short hands. Put that guy in the slot and let's rock, right? So that's what JSN would allow you to do. And, and let's see a little bit more of C.D. Lamb. They, they didn't let C.D. really stretch the field a lot last year. You know, his rookie year, he did some things. Uh, I thought his second season, he did more because when Gallup got hurt, they put Cedric Wilson in the slot and they put C.D. on the outside a little bit more. And you saw him do some things from the outside. Um it felt like that play against the Niners when he went deep, it was like, yo, where was this all year? You know, but they were putting CD in the slot. It was sending him up the seam. And then nine times out of 10, you had a safety and, and then you had the corner and all they would just say, hey, we're going to sit on this. The corner sit underneath the safety sit over top. You're not really getting CD lamb, you know, that type of advantage, but you put him on the outside, man. Now we're cooking a little bit. So if you do take a JSN, if you do take a, I don't know if, if I don't know if Tank Dell would necessarily I don't know if Tank Dale would, would knock Gallup out of his spot. Zay, yeah, if you take a Zay, he could play both too, though, man. You got some fun with Zay and, 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 and Cooks, but those are two smaller guys. Whereas Zay Ascent isn't 5'9", so that'd be fun. I would love to get him. Trading up, though, so if he falls at like 24, I cool. I'm fine with that, but are you talking about trading up outside of the 20s or inside of the 20s, I guess? What are, we, what, are you, what are you willing to part with? That's the question. Are you willing to part with a second? Are you willing to part with a third? I don't know if I'm willing to do that. Third is kind of that borderline where I'm at with any of these prospects. I, I don't want to trade up in general. Uh, and I feel like I can, I can chill and get me a route running slot guy a little later. But if he's in striking distance, like, like 24, I can have that conversation for sure. 702, what it is, what it do? Hey, how you doing today, Scott? My man. Uh, so I'm oh, is calling in about uh Darnell Darnell Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
I, it, I feel some type of way about him. I mean, it's not a bad thing because he's from he is from the city, from Las Vegas, right? I know. But that. in the national in the national championship game, right? He really didn't do too much. I mean, they they the other tight end had what three four passes caught. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think the other tight end, Professor Rowe, isn't y'all other tight end, y'all pass catchy tight end? And Darnell was more of the the blocking guy. Yeah, so if if the Cowboys was to take him, I would if they would have a talk about, you know, switching his position, go to D go to D line or something. Hell like no. like David Urban did. Like not, David Urban. Bro, I'd be pissed I mean? as hell if they take that man and make him and switch positions. You do that with undrafted guys. You don't do that with top, you know, 50 picks. Okay. Yeah, but I he's an he's a he's an he's an good he's an outstanding athlete. Yes. But I just I I don't I don't see him being a pass catcher, you know. I mean, we we got two good tight ends that can I pretty much do what he can do. I mean, he's a good athlete, but I don't. I don't think we should draft him. And not saying he shouldn't make it. Not saying he shouldn't get drafted because you know he is from the city. But I don't know. I just feel some type of way about him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he would be the. the I guess the least developed of a pass catching from pass catching standpoint from all those tight ends we talked about yesterday. So it's fair to have concerns. Excuse me. It's fair to have concerns. Uh, I think it's the the ceiling, though. I think it's the potential that you know capulates you with him. But it's fair. I ain't mad at you. You know, if you don't want him because you don't believe he's going to be a, a pass catcher. I don't. I don't think you're drafting him anyway to be the pass catcher guy right now. That's something he will have to develop, and kind of got to have foresight with him. Right? You got, you kind of got to have some some vision where you view him as a guy that can get to that point. But if you don't view him as that guy, you don't take him. Right. Right. All right, man, Scott, that's all I had, man. You have a good one. All right, man, appreciate you. Yeah, I, look, I think he can probably make the transition to another side of the ball. Twitter would melt down. Can you imagine the Dallas Cowboys at 58 select Darnell Washington and then right underneath that? They're going to move him to defensive tackle. Oh, man, that'd be wild. That'd be wild. Russell D. What's up with you, man? Hey, Sky, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Glad to call in. Thanks for taking my call. I just got a couple things for you. I'm going to go down your list real quick here. Jordan Lewis, uh, definitely mild seat. They got to keep that guy around. I like him. The only way I would let him go if you're trading him for something, trading him for a draft pick or, you know, move up or something like that. But I like the depth. I like keeping him. I don't know how bad his injury was, though. I really didn't hear much about his injury. Um, it's, you know, it's a Liz Frank injury. Yep. Yeah, so it now, could have lingering what, effects. We'll see. Exactly. What is that act? Like, is this like an ankle problem or? Foot. I believe it's on the the heel, yeah, the heel. I think it is of your foot. I'm no doctor, but I believe that's the case. I I think it's isn't that what uh, Coop was suffering from, Liz Frank, Mari Cooper. He might have been. He yeah, he might have been during the season at one time. Just played through it. But I haven't heard any updates on him. Have you heard any updates on him? Like how he's progressing or anything? Or 
Nah, it happened so it happened week seven. So you know that was what y'all October ish somewhere around there. We're we're, yeah. we're in, so I'd imagine he's going to be fine yeah. for for many camps and camps. Shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely leave him around. Uh, they were saying earlier they thought he was going to be a cap casualty. They're they just going to cut him, but. Um, like, like you said before, KJ, you know, Calvin Joseph, I'd be cutting him way before, uh, you know, Jordan Lewis. Because <laughs> at yeah. least he's, you know, he may have reached his ceiling, but he's great depth, a great player to have around still. So I'm keeping him way before him, way before him. And then uh, Gallimore, Gallimore, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be on the team come. Uh, I don't think he'll make a roster spot maybe through camp. I don't know. We'll see. But he he doesn't impress me at all. Like, he was supposed to come – be this great tackle, and he wasn't even getting in the lineup there. We had to go out and get Hankins to that's what fulfill Mark that Cooper role. Had. Yeah, that's thank yeah. you, Nick. Mar- Amari had plantar fasciitis. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those those two confused me. So he did not have the same thing as as, as uh, Mark Cooper. But yeah, but but Neville is is one hundred percent. His seat is is on fire, man. And if I if you had to say, hey, Will, do you think he's going to be on the team right now? I'd say no. I'm with you. I'd say no. I, 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 he's got a lot to prove in camp. And then, and then the whole other thing is everybody's talking about tight end. I don't see Dallas going tight end. You know, they had I was listening to the players' lounge the other day, and someone brought up in there a really, really point I didn't even look at it that way was that they were saying that Dallas could be really looking at diminishing that role down to a lot less than what they've used it in the past in this new offense. And oh. that's the reason why they really didn't go after Dalton Schultz because, or even make him an offer because they really are looking at using more four type, four wide receiver sets and really pushing the wide receiver role and more of diminishing that role. So that was that really brought, like, I, like yeah, it is really interesting that you say that. They say that because, you know, they really didn't care about Dalton leaving. You know, they didn't really, you know, weren't really worried about it. And, uh, you know, I Man. know we got Ferguson and everything, but, but that could be the case. That could be the case. So – that is very interesting what you just said. So you've you've heard that there's a, a possibility that they may be diminishing the tight end role and going more as much wide receivers. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what they're they were saying that that's what this offense could come with tuition of being more use less of the tight end, not using as much and that more is something. Of just using, you know. Look, yeah. that I, I never thought of that before. But that explains why they really weren't hot heavy on tight end and. I, I think it's well, crazy. Well, I don't think, think that I don't think that's what explain. I, I so they did bring in Darnell Washington, right? So they're clearly interested in the tight end early in a maybe in early in the draft. But when you're saying what you're saying, and now I'm thinking about all the receivers that they brought in. That's why I'm yeah. like, huh? Yeah. Because they they brought in the Zays, the Quentin Johnsons, the Hyatts, the the Downs of the world. These guys are yeah. going to be top, you know, seventy type picks. And they already yeah, traded for Cooks. They bought more receivers than in any. They got Gallup. They 100% could be look that that could be something. Look, I'm not I'm not saying you're right or wrong here, but that is that is a very interesting speculation. Less tight end uh dependency and more on on wide yep. receivers. And if you go look at yeah. if you go look at McCarthy's history, there's a lot of dependency on the receivers and their tight end it's usually a byproduct of those guys, not necessarily the feature part. Hmm. Yeah, and then uh, my last thing I have for you is uh, how far? I mean, how far do you really think, in your in your opinion, by Robinson drops? 
I, mean, I, I don't see him going past 15. Do you? I mean, all this. And then oh, oh Bijan. If he starts, yeah, if he starts dropping, I like, and how how close to that pick that we picked do you say, oh, maybe we move up a couple spots? Would you do that? I mean, how far do you – I don't think he's going to drop past 15. There is just no way. That guy's too good to drop past 15. Well, that's, I mean, I'd be shocked. From a from a historical standpoint, it's not far-fetched, right? Uh, I did this project with Vach the other day, and let me see here. Not round one. That's not what I'm looking for. The first running back – damn, I guess I got to do this one. The first running back selected in round one last year, actually, the first running back selected last year was Brees Hall in round two. So no first round running back last year. In 2021, Najee Harris went 24th, and then Travis Etienne went 25th. 2020, Clyde was the only one. He went 32. Now, none of those guys are Bijan. 2019, Josh Jacobs went 24. In 2018, Saquon obviously went second, and Rashad Penny went 27. So... Historically speaking, if you go from 2018 on up, because 2017, Leonard Fournette and, and McCaffrey both went in the top 10. It's a possibility yeah, the first running back can go later, but those guys aren't Bijan, right? Yeah, but maybe the league powder. is maybe the league is more looking towards, if you look at the history of what they've been doing over the last five seasons, maybe the league is saying, look, I, I don't have to take a running back in the top 15. There hasn't been a running back taken in the top 15 since yeah. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I'm just thinking that this that they have been touting this guy so much being like the next, you know, Barry Sanders, you know, like being really good. I just I, I don't I think I think the Eagles are going to do something to pull that off to get him early. You watch just a, I, I I just think they're going to they get they have they have their eye on him too because they don't have a running back either right now really. They really don't. Look, but man, Sanders, I don't want to think oh, about the Eagles getting him, but at, oh, so Bijan is one of the top talents in this draft. It, I agree with you. I don't think he'll be there at 26, but his, I'm just going off history. Historically speaking, I suppose it's a possibility, but this draft isn't, this isn't 2020 or, or what am I, 2021. This isn't that draft, man. This this isn't that draft where it's super, super top heavy to the point where a guy like Bijan could, could fall out. So I think he'll get taken for the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I, I really see us going offensive linemen. I'll, I'll be be honest with you. Out of any, unless one of the top receivers fall to us that far down the line, if not, I, I see them taking top offensive linemen. And it'll probably be someone like like the Tyler Smith guy that no one ever thought that was going to be the, what he is. Because <laughs> they always do that with the offensive linemen. Like, who's this guy? Then he turns out to be, you know, a hell of a player. This is true. Uh, I just, yeah. I just see them going offensive line, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they still have that spot open at guard. You know, we really haven't really heard yet what the lineup's going to be or what they're going to do with Steele. They still haven't got that contract done yet with him. I don't know what they're waiting for there. They just got to get that contract done with him too. Or if they're waiting to get through the draft, then do the well, contract. I don't know well, Steele's still restricted. So Steele is, is going to be here regardless. I think unlike uh, – actually, I look at these rules. Somebody can maybe – Help me out here. But unlike Tony Pollard, there isn't a – I don't believe there's a deadline for Steele. I, I think they can extend him. Oh, okay. Is that true? Okay. I think they can extend him at any point. Whereas Tony Pollard, they got to get it done by July 15th or uh, he's just going to yeah, play on the tag. Yeah, he's going to play on the tag. Tag, yeah, yeah. 
Well, all right, man. Have a great day, Sky, and thanks for taking my call. And uh, of I appreciate you. you. You take care, man. You as well, brother. Interesting. He, he brought up something that got me got me going down a rabbit hole here. Let me get that out of here. Good cause today, man. Appreciate y'all. And I just saw a couple super chats. Let me get to real quick. Uh, Black Lion, drop one. He just dropped one. Super chat. Support and appreciate you. Uh, DC for life. Texas dropped the dollar. Super chat. Thank you. And AA Ron dropped five. Super chat. And said it's O line in the first and wide receiver tight in the second. The telegraphing it unless there's a CD situation. Feels like that. I'm still right there. I. I'm still, I don't know how they come out of the first round and not take an offensive lineman. Unless CD situation, like you said. I think this tight end stuff is smoke screening round one. Round two, we can talk. Now we can have a conversation. It is what it is. But I, I'm still thinking offensive line, man. They're, they're kind of putting themselves in that hole. But the caller brought up the whole, the whole tight end thing. Just bear with me. I'm, I'm kind of going through a, going down a rabbit hole here because what if that is the case what what if playing what if all these receivers seven receivers after you traded for brandon cooks mess with his contract so he's guaranteed to be here for a couple seasons i think uh cd lamb ain't going to where he's going to be here you got gallup on a contract for five years i don't know you know we'll see what happens with gallup in the future maybe they just looking to replace him but I just want to have fun with this, this conversation. Um, so I'm just going back and looking at. Looking at the uh, Packers. I'm going way, 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 way back. Looking at the Packers under McCarthy. And I'm just, and I know they've had fantastic tight ends. I mean, and good tight end production. I'm just curious how far down that totem pole, the tight end went. Okay. Now we're starting to see it in, increase a little bit here. Because the first two times I looked at this season's uh was it 09, 010? Finley was pretty far low. Jermichael Finley, that is. In the target standpoint. 72 and 26 targets. Then it went up to 92 and 87. And, and that's between 2009, 2012. So bear with me. I'm just curious. I you know, The guy brought something up and I'm curious here. Uh, let's go to 2013. So they really didn't. So they really didn't have much tight end play here. Quarles and Finley both got less than thirty-five targets. I think Finley got hurt that year. So there's that. I'm going way back. And same thing in 2015. Titans were not heavily targeted here. And he's a tight end. You know, McCarthy's a tight end at heart. Now, I do remember the days they had Jimmy and they had Jimmy Graham and they got Bennett. I thought those guys, I thought they were featured guys, but maybe oh, Richard Rodgers had 58 receptions in 2015. Still not a, as many as I thought. What about Jimmy? When did they get Jimmy? What year did they get Jimmy Graham over there, man? Oh, I know the tight ends. When they had Jordan Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, and Ty Montgomery playing receiver, I know the tight ends won. Jared Cook had 30 receptions. 
That was their leading tight end. This is interesting. I mean, receivers in general, unless you got one of those guys anyway, should be your featured guys, right? But I, I was, I'm just curious here. And, and I say, historically speaking, under McCarthy, the tight end has more so been a part of the situation, not necessarily the featured guy. That doesn't mean you diminish it. But uh, okay, then they got Martellus Bennett. Bennett only had 24 receptions that year. He didn't, he didn't have a lot of production at all. Leading tight end was Bennett with 24 possessions or 24 receptions in 2017. There is only two seasons. And this is the last year of McCarthy. The year he got fired. And that was a Jimmy Graham year. Jimmy Graham was second leading receiver with 55 receptions. All right, my bad. I appreciate y'all for uh, sticking with me through that. But that was that was kind of bugging me a bit. And I wanted to go back and look at McCarthy's history with the tight ends because one of the things I never really studied, and I've studied his history with the tight ends, but I never really studied the target share, the target rate. I just kind of remembered off of a glance, you know, when they had all those receivers at one point, I never really thought the tight ends were guys that they were, were featured part. I didn't know they were there. But uh, no season. I mean, only two seasons in McCarthy's tenure from 08 to 2018 out of 10-year span. They had a tight end with over 92 or with over 87 targets. So they really didn't feature the tight end. That is that is really interesting to me, y'all. Because why, why on earth would you take a tight end in round one? If again, he's going to be a, you know, just a byproduct of the offense and not one of the main features of the offense. Same conversation I had about uh, Dalton Schultz last year. Why would I pay Dalton Schultz all this money if Dalton Schultz is just going to be a byproduct of what I do with my wide receivers? I'm not doing that. Which is why if they took a Kincaid or whoever it was in the first round, that would tell me there's a shift happening. And now he is going to be a feature. Wow. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, my bad, y'all. I just had to go down that rabbit hole. Um, Dallas missed a super earlier. My bad, my bad. Let me get to these supers. It's the thing about being live, you know, you can't just be like, well, hold on. I'm gonna go to commercial and look. Nah, I gotta actually, I gotta look. It was bugging me. Here we go. A couple supers I might've missed. Boom. DJ drop one. Couple. To- Tobo Ty drop one too. Super chat. DJ said Dr. Umar Johnson voice. Um, Donations, donations, gifts, gifts, gifts. Just wanted to give you a shout out, Sky, after our first our first true disagreement. It never happened before, but I'm still giving KJ till week one. Oh, DJ, we've disagreed before, DJ. But no, nah, that was a nice, that was a nice one. That was a good little back and forth. Um, giving, I'm giving KJ till week one. Yeah, KJ, KJ get a season. Get off season, you know, get off season. Uh, Tobo Ty dropped 10. Super chat. Tobo says, Sky, it's like I was born in West Philadelphia. I was born in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the <laughs> He's doing the whole, you know, Fresh Prince. Appreciate you, Tobo Ty. Appreciate you. And TC dropped one. He said, Super chat. Let's hit that like button. Indeed. Bomb Squad like, share, sub. Yes, indeed. And Chris, obviously earlier, I saw your one, Chris. I missed your other. You said, I see the Eagles drafting Bijan or Zay Flowers. Receiver would seem to be a bit greedy there. 
Bijan, though, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? All right, let's get back into this chat. Where did I stop at here? Uh, Chris said, taking a running back in round one, isn't, round one isn't too bad, especially if you have five solid years. It's paying them the second contract where it doesn't work out. I, I, I agree, I think, from afar with that. But when you kind of dig in and look a little bit closer, I think Joey Ikes brought up an interesting point yesterday about that idea, right? Generally speaking, you're right. Let's get five years out of them. Boom, and let's roll. But then there's kind of the human side, the Zeke side, where after three years, they're like, hey, look, man, I've been beasting for y'all. I, I want my money. And they hold out or they're malcontent or things of that nature. So that is that is the other side I got to be fair and look at because I'm with you. Like if I get a running back later in round one, cool, run them and then just draft another running back later. Right. I'm not running back round one. But if I were to do that, it's the signing part. But what if you get to year three and there's an issue contractually? Now you're, you're having to deal with that. So, and I guess any position could do it, but it, it is something to think about. Iceberg say slim say, give me Israel. I'm talking about the running back out of pit, but I can see Bijan. Man, I, I'd love Israel. Uh, I'd love that Israel, that Izzy in Late day three or day two or early day three. I'd like that. Uh, Professor Rowe says, shouldn't we look at Seattle's usage of tight ends? Professor Rowe, don't get me going down a rabbit hole right now, but I think I'll, I'll think I'll take a look. That's kind of fair to ask, though, because uh, Brian Schottenheimer, that's fair. Gregory says, who's better, Gibbs or Robinson? Who would you take first? Man, Gibbs is so good. I think Robinson is the better overall back. But boy, Gibbs is a fun consolation prize. I just think Robinson from a running back standpoint, man, is just so good in the hole. I don't remember. Maybe Saquon. Saquon can get busy in that hole. He's weird. Jonathan Taylor's like that too. Jonathan Taylor's surprisingly finesse. Like he can make you miss in the hole. Making somebody miss in the hole in that traffic is not easy, man. And the way that Robinson can do it with his balance and all that is, is I think he's a better runner. You can say, well, Gibbs is a better passer, but I think Robinson can catch the ball too. Maybe not as well as Gibbs. So I, I got Robinson as a better overall back, but Gibbs is a fun consolation prize. King Woods said, might be on to something. <laughs> right? I got I to gotta really, now I want to go ask about what, what, are, what are their true intentions down there in that tight end room? I'm awake. Are you says y'all pick at 26, but still talking about Bijan. You can't make this up. Who, who you talk? Oh, we must not be a cowboy fan. Oh, uh, you must be talking about people. Wearing. Look, man, if Bijan is there, he's there. I, I don't, I don't talk about Bijan. But if our fans want to talk about Bijan, we're gonna talk about Bijan, man. Oh, my bad. I did miss the uh, alert. I saw Professor O drop here. Apparently, and let me just get this right. Unless you got the the copy paste on on that Saquon Barkley stuff. Who was it? Uh, was it Shefty? I want to make sure I get this right. I did see you dropped that professor. I just happened to be. Okay, here we go. Per Adam Schefter, Giants running back Saquon Barkley does not plan to sign his franchise tag tenure before the team's upcoming offseason program, making him ineligible to participate. 
That sounds about right. That sounds about right, you know. Um, let me tell you why I think TP signed it. Because TP understood the assignment. He saw the running back market and was like, huh? Probably asked his his, his agent, hey, can they resend this? Yeah, they can resend it. Nah, give me that. I need that 10 million because nobody in the market got 10 per, right? So Saquon's trying to get a long-term deal. TP coming off an injury, doesn't have the same resume as Saquon. He's trying to get his bag now and let's and probably reevaluate after the season. Saquon, career injury guy, understands what's happening right now with the market. And he knows this is his one shot. I think this is his one shot to get a super bag. So Saquon Barkley is trying to get that bag. And, and, and be honest, I think he has, depending what happens before the draft here, as we speak, he has some kind of leverage. Because they don't have that back. Now, what if they go out here and, and, and they draft the Gibbs? Now, Saquon is like, hey, man, better go sign that thing. But I'm not surprised that he's trying to get his bag. But I'm also not surprised that the Giants aren't offering him a bag. Because you just don't do that anymore, man. I'm sorry. You just don't. Danny said, $10 million, where do I sign? Period. Shane no Mac music. Here comes the money. Come on. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Jello Beats. Holla at me. With a sign, with a pen. come on, man. He saw that ten million and then saw the and, and saw the market and was like, I gotta get my money now because they can take that away from me at any any given point. The Panthers did it. Is it unprecedented? Do you see it happen often? No, but the Panthers did it with Josh Norman. Josh Norman playing hardball. Okay, you want to play hardball? We'll resend the tag. Tony Pollard not dumb. He's not dumb. I get it. Same with you, DJ. I get it, man. I get Saquon. I get Saquon's. His mindset is what you called it. He was their offense. Danny Dimes, your quarterback. If I don't show up, you you gonna rely on Danny Dimes? Come on now. And why I'm calling him Danny Dimes? All right, look. Good stuff today. A little overtime. It's all good. Later on, we'll be back. For the Vice Lombardi live show yesterday, we had, we had some things to do. Today, we'll be back talking Cowboys, see where we can possibly double dip at. And Mo will be on later tonight, A to Z Sports primetime. If you enjoyed today's show, uh, our topic, because we're in that point now, man, where we're, I'm trying to give y'all quality content, so I'm not trying to give y'all just foo-foo topics here. I actually like this one. I'm, I'm going to see and think about doing an inverse of this somehow, some way. So make sure y'all tune in tomorrow. But give it a like if you're new to this, but you want to be true to this, hit the sub button. We do this every morning, Monday through Friday. We have a good time. Come be a part of the Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad! Draft is, what, 16 days away? 15, 15 days away. Two weeks almost. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. All right, I'm going to hit this button and get up out of here. Thoughts on my Lakers? Hey, man, they got it done. They got a shot, low-key. You asked me this question a month ago, two months ago. I laughed at you. Even LeBron was like, I'm going to just sit out this season. But uh, wait a minute. We starting to win? Let me get back here. Out of here. Love y'all. Peace.
わ！